It really does not matter if you are a a shield-wearing, sword-wielding duck in full plate mail armour, or if you're a relatively recently reanimated semi-human with horns growing out of your head doing the bidding of an evil, potentially, demon. I think this is the show for you. We're back. It's Friday night. I'm really pleased that, that we're here, and thank you for joining us. Please hit like and subscribe and join uh, me and Martin from our Discord as we devil, uh, delve even into Kickstart Your Weekend right here on The Dark Orb. Hey, it's been a while since we did that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Happy Friday. How are you doing, my friend? Happy Friday. Happy Friday, indeed. Oh, wow. What what a week to come back to. There's some really cool stuff for us to talk about. I'm very excited. Um, firstly, I suppose the uh, the duck in the room is that we've already had two two shows, I guess, recently dedicated to Draco Octomona or Dragonbane. Um, the interview we had with Tomas uh, Herrenstam. Just a couple of days ago. Thank you, everyone who's watched that. Please let us know what you think. And if you're subscribed to our podcast, you actually would have heard uh, an extra episode that we did there just talking about our thoughts and anticipation and whether or not we felt that there was space for another fantasy game on our shelves, another fantasy tabletop role playing game. And we've had quite a lot of discussions on our Discord about that as well. Um, before we actually delve into the campaign of Dragonbane, and I think we'll talk about that one first, Martin, you and I were in the green room earlier on talking about this and whether or not we felt that we had space on our shelves for it, because, I mean, it's just another fantasy role-playing game, and what does it, what does it bring? What, what does it have that the other games that we're already not playing that we've bought, what, you know... <laughs> we've been there before right (laughs) yeah many many times um you know i i think hi bruce great to see you thanks for joining um i i don't think i'm gonna get sick of buying fantasy role-playing games i think i think that's what this has made me realize um and although uh on on the discord server there's there's quite a lot of banter about the ducks in Draco Demona, between the Brits and between the Swedes. Daka Ogdemona. Daka Ogdemona. There's there's quite a bit of banter about that. I think that um I think that I I quite like the write-up in the quick start of the um of the ducks. And that's actually part of what won me over to backing. I must confess, I haven't finished reading the, the quick start. Um, it is freely available. It's on the Kickstarter campaign. I do have it open. We can go through a little bit of it later. Um, but the description of the of the um, pre-generated character for the duck is amazing. Yeah. And we'll definitely have to read that out to you. Yeah. Um, but I agree. The reality is that there are many games that are similar, if not identical, that are available to us. I mean, even things like The One Ring, that's arguably in the seminal fantasy setting right there. But I actually didn't back that in the end, or rather I backed it and then cancelled my pledge because I already have so many fantasy games, and that's one realm that I'm just never going to 
be able to do justice. I, I didn't get on too well with the books. They're incredible. They're amazing, but they're very dated. And excuse me, they remind me a little bit of, of trying to get through Anne Rice books. You know, there's so much setting, not so much story, maybe compared to the, the setting and the, I mean, it's a very romantic way of writing, but um, I could never get through it. So for me, Dracar de Mona, Dragonbane is way more accessible. Yeah, I I think uh, there's something to be said. I'm I'm quite on the same page with you when it comes to Lord of the Rings. Um, uh, and I think there's something to be said for a game that provides um, enough information, but doesn't have overwhelming lore. Um, like yeah. like with uh you know tolkien lord of the rings uh, many other settings as well you know forgotten realms things like that um i i prefer something that gives the broad strokes and lets you kind of fill in your own details not every little village has it, it, a lot of lore written about it um yeah uh, so or if the lore is delivered to you piecemeal yeah. as part of the book mm. that, that you're already doing uh, that can be accessible as well yeah um, but yeah, it, it looks like that. You know, it's got the is it uh, the misty veil that they've got? Um, yes, yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce says uh, so. Uh, for anyone who's listening to this later on our podcast, we are uh, laughing at uh, um, live comments coming in on on Twitch and on YouTube. And one of our uh, patrons has just said, "Spoiler: No ducks in Lord of the Rings or, or Ring of Power." Um, Oh, well, there's probably no point in watching them, then, to be honest with you, or reading the book. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I might watch them at some point, maybe. Um, I've got plenty that I'm going to watch before. Yes, same here, same here. Um, yeah, there's just there's so much. Um, I mean, and let's face it, uh, Dracog de Mono has got a, a rich history. There's a vast tapestry of books to, to pull from. But I think for those of us who are starting with it in English... We can build on that slowly. There's no prerequisite of you have to have all this law. Like you would even for things like um, standard 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons, if you're going to run that game for people who have been playing it for five years, there is a, an unwritten expectation that you're going to know all about the, the history of tieflings or who um, to... Um, um, who any of the you know Strahd or any of the, the kind of the big characters are. And if you don't know it, even if your your party is really, really cool, you're still gonna feel like the, the silly person at the table, particularly if you're running the game. And I think that's where having a fresh IP come in where we're all at least those of us who are speaking English are all a, a relatively level playing field, that really helps. Should we have a look at the uh at this the actual campaign? let's let's dive in so um basically dragonbane has been going for a few days now started at the beginning of the week and uh already has seven and a half thousand backers which is incredible it's at four hundred and eighty four thousand dollars or five and a quarter million swedish crowns which is wonderful because i must admit i was very concerned i think everyone was that maybe just maybe there would be not enough English language interest because this game has like 35 years of Swedish history, a little bit more actually, 40 years pretty much. Um, the first edition was 1982, I think Thomas said, and is a translation and a melding of the Chaosium basic role playing and like a really small 
supplement called Magic World, 1982. So yeah, it's it's almost as old as as we are, um, which is crazy. So there is so much law, but we don't need to know it, and we all want to know it, which is wonderful. I'm so pleased at how well this is doing. Um, they are putting this as a box set, so they're following the same example they did for Twilight 2000 and for Blade Runner, in fact, and of course all their starter sets. So that's probably helping to keep the costs down because they've you know, got these um, manufacturing processes in, they've pretty much standardized, they know what they're doing. I imagine that the book is going to be bound in the same way as, as those previous books in those games. Where it gets a little interesting and possibly a little bit cheeky in terms of the stretch goals is that if you were to look at the actual Kickstarter itself, there is an image of the boxed set. And the boxed set actually includes stretch goals that haven't yet been completed. So it's pretty clear that they've already specced this set out and that's kind of what they're expecting to put in the box. Now, of course, they may pull some of that out if you if they don't hit those goals. But that begs the question. I wonder if they would have just put those things in there regardless. I don't know. Yeah. They could probably afford to. I mean, having those stretch goals is great. And it you know, looks like we've got some... I presume they are, I haven't actually caught up on this to see what the stretch goals uh, levels are currently, but I presume that that's standees. Yep, standees. There we go. Um. So there are some amazing stretch goals, and maybe we can go through some of those in a bit. Um, but they're not the be-all and end-all. Um, I really like the the language that they've used. So I read some of this out in the uh, the beginning of the interview that we had with Thomas, but the, uh, um, the intro to the quick start basically has some great stuff in it. It says... Um, it was in the oldest times, before the world was covered in forest and iron was tamed by dwarven masters, before the advent of humanity and the mastery of the bread and ale-making arts. The world was then ruled by dragons and demons. Yes, draconic serpents and demonic creatures were the princes and princesses of the oldest times. They were the primordial forces through which the world and its primeval matter was formed. The sky, the mountains and the fire oceans fiery oceans of magma and unthinking life they were opposing principles that made the world complete i love it it's great <laughs> okay maybe this is just ripped straight from the books i've got no idea from the original sources maybe that's literally just been translated from texts that are 15 20 30 years old i don't care it's so awesome and it does have that I think I think they've done well actually um, in capturing that that feel that um, from role playing games from yesteryear a bit more um, with with that kind of text and not not just yes. not just Swedish because because I recognise that kind of language you know it kind of reminds mm -hmm. me of role playing games it reminds me a little bit of Fritz Lieber with Fafford and the Great Mouse yes it reminds me of kind of yeah. Conan um they've they've done really well and I think that maybe that comes from lessons learned with um, Forbidden Lands and Simbarum and they're kind of bringing all yeah. that together um, yeah yeah in this and of course the art was hugely inf influential in the original books um uh, Nils Gollickson was uh, among the original artists 
Um, and uh, as Thomas uh, explained, the most recent version of Draco Optimana, which was by Riot Minds, but um, is widely accepted to have very little to do with the original settings in the original game but nonetheless was a great achievement in its own right um that that original artwork was done by Johan Egerkrantz for that last version and um you can see when you look at Johan's work the uh, influences of Niels Goddardson um I've, I've said this before of John Bauer um and Brian Froud as well so um he's really perfect for bringing together the the original the um the art um focused or the art fueled style of of the feeling of the world which is that real quirkiness that that we expect from hearing about you know you're your kind of your talking ducks like your duck warriors and, and stuff like that i mean that's that's not something that you tend to get in many games yes you've got it in mutant and of course mutant was uh originally put out by the same company that put out uh, Draco Demonis, so as a adventure wheels. So um, there is a common theme, and it may make it feel like it's unoriginal, but it's kind of super original, really. Um, that campaign, let's have a look. So, how are we doing on it? Mirth and Mayhem Gaming, a classic fantasy RPG full of magic, mystery, and adventure, designed from the ground up to facilitate fast and furious play with very little prep time and adventures that are a breeze to run. Though a toolbox allowing you to tell fantasy stories of all kinds, Dracog Demona or Dragonbane is a game with room for laughs at the table and even a pinch of silliness at times, hence the mirth, uh, whilst at the same time offering brutal challenges for the adventurers. Now, what, what do we mean by brutal? This is a BRP-derived game. You're, you kind of have a natural cap in your abilities and in your how far you can level. And BRP games tend to be pretty deadly, and we talked about that in the interview as well. So it is perfectly possible for your character to die, um, for many characters to die over the course of a campaign. you just got to live with it. Um if you're watching live have you have you backed this let us know what are your thoughts on this game are you excited um i'm just going to pick up and have a look through the comments let us know down below um reluctant artsy says i backed dod slash db because of the history and the desire to see how an 80s alternative to ad and d was begun yet knowing full well that thomas interpreted and updated to include modern system development yeah, exactly. And I really like what they've done. So with BRP, uh, it's a roll under system. They've boiled it down to a very similar mechan uh, mechanic that we also see in Symbarum, although Symbarum isn't directly influenced by BRP, as far as I know. Um, it's kind of more influenced by, by DOD directly, I guess. Um, so it's D20, roll under. You roll under your uh, your stat, which could be an ability of which I think there's like 18 or 19 abilities, or it could be your like your core stats, like your, your physicality effectively, or how smart you are, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Roll a one, that's a, I think a dragon, that's like a critical hit. And roll a 20, that's a demon or a fail or a fumble, whatever you want to call it. Um, what I love about this, what I love about Symbarum, and also Demon Dog, which we'll get to later on, and something that uh, maybe many DMs don't appreciate so much, but this game 
is for the most part, although not exclusively, uh, is quite player facing. And I really like that. Why do I like that? Because I'm a git and I'm quite happy when the player is responsible for their own bad role, be it attacking or defending. It makes you feel less guilty as a GM when it goes wrong and it gives you more leniency. It also means that you can't really fudge the dice. Yes, you can. If you really, really want to, you can fudge the hit points for uh, for something or you can um, tweak the challenge rating without your player knowing. But realistically, yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show, Bruce, has just said, what is this guilt you speak of? I know, I know, but you're a Dungeon Crawl Classics judge, Bruce. So you just kill your players' characters. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Question, do you feel that the death saves mitigate that deadliness? I haven't read about the death saves. Martin, have you? <laughs> I saw that question. I was just having a quick look because um, it didn't, it, hey. to be honest, it didn't stick. Um, you, oh, okay, so you make a death roll um, against your constitution okay. attribute. Um, mm -hmm. um, so after three successive de successful death rolls, you recover D6 HP and you do not make another roll. After three failed death rolls, you play a character dies. Rolling a dragon counts as two successful ones. Rolling a demon counts as two failures. Um, it's uh, still pretty deadly. Yeah, it's not too dissimilar to, you know, the uh, the dragon in the room. Simbra. Um Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, there is an instant death mechanic in there, though. So yeah, uh, I think that having that in there can. I don't know. I I don't some depending on the game. Does it matter? Depending on the game depends how how deadly I want the game. DCC I'm quite yeah. happy to just die in the first room, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. As long as you've got spares, yeah, you know, it really even if you've matter. not got spares, it's like, oh look, a handy prison with a prisoner roll up a new character. I you know, I I it depends on the game. Um I think there's enough in there to give you a fighting chance. Um really. Yeah, I, I I do agree with you. I've got a couple of other comments. Uh, Ray said, I backed it immediately. I'm extremely excited. And what you all have given us here on the channel has only added that greatly. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Um, and yeah, I, I say that with, with a kind of full heart, if you like. Um, Venberg, good to see you. Venberg says, as a Swede, not backing this was really an option, uh, was not really an option. I mean, to be honest with you, as a Brit that covers a lot of Swedish games, I, I empathise. And um, I think, Martin, um, you live in Sweden, even though you're a Brit. So we both know that you would have lost any citizenship. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's there when you when you do the citizenship application. It's like, if a new yeah, version I mean, of Jack yeah. and Baltimore comes out, you have to buy it. So, I mean, basically, you, 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 it's kind of... Um, you have to stamp the back of your Ikea or Ikea card, right? Just to, to show that you've also got Draco Octomona. It's like um, a double-sided <laughs> card. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> also has all the stamps for Yulmust and, and uh, salt licorice. Exactly, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like a big... It's like a little booklet of, like, now you're Swedish, you have to do all these things. You also have to eat rotting fish as well, you know? It's like... Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Ray also says auto hits by monsters and lower HP throughout, even long growth, are both really appealing for grit. But then good healing without superhero as much is also amazing to see. And uh, <laughs> Bruce says now on some Bilar weirdo. I have no idea what that means. Bruce says rubble. Haven't backed this. <laughs> I don't know what rubble is, but I'm sure it's important. Um, right. So let's. Uh, that sounds great. If I did that, I'd be asleep already. What else do we have here? So um, quick start. Grab it. It's great. I'll show that in a, in a little bit. And yes, obviously the the text in the quick start is um, subject to change. The box set. Uh, there are there is artwork about what the box set contains. Like I said, it's a bit cheeky because that includes stuff from the stretch goals. And you can look at that either way. One is that they're incentivizing you to keep buying into the product so that you can fill that box with goodness. The other is maybe they were going to do that stuff anyway. And, and actually there aren't any stretch goals really because it was all baked into the product. And, and actually it might be unlikely that they wouldn't put all that stuff in there. I don't know. We, we don't really know what their business model is. We can only speculate. Um, there are a number of abilities and there's magic as well. And yeah, the, uh, the rule set itself is a mixture of BRP, roll under, but at D20, not at, at D100. Um, plus, there's some extra elements thrown in from previous free league games. So you do have an element of pushing. You do have willpower, which is, I believe, how you do things like magical stuff. So if you want to do a magical move or a special move for some description, you have to use willpower to do it. Willpower, you recover, and this reminds us of various other game systems willpower you recover when you rest and uh, you can do effectively a short rest or a stretch and a long rest or a sleep i want to say um, um yeah i can't remember now shift or shift no no, no. Um, uh, rest yeah um <laughs> yeah I, I i quite like the um uh, for someone who hasn't really played a lot of um well, any BRP, um, to me, it, it really comes across as a kind of, as a mashup between, um, their two other games system wise, Simbarum and Forbidden Lands. It's got that, um, roll under, um, but then it's also got the, the, um, like the talents that are based around willpower. Um, and I mean, so much so there are some similarities. If you look at the kin, the kin abilities in this for, humans halflings elves and wolfkin they're all named the yeah. same as they are in forbidden lands yeah um so th there is dna from there and like i'm not saying yeah. that i'm not saying that as a bad thing to me that's that's a selling point because i well, love what forbidden i don't know lands. is whether they've actually pulled from forbidden uh to forbidden lands from dod and i think they may have done for some of those things as well so because Niels Gullikson, who um did the artwork for Draco Demona. Um his art is used in Forbidden Lands. So it's possible, and I am speculating here, we'd need someone like Yoel or um one of the other Swedes maybe who uh, already knows this. If you are watching and you know the answer to this in the comments, please let us know. Um but yeah maybe it's the case that it's kind of done a full loop. And so potentially the the wolfkin, etc., which have ended up in Forbidden Lands because the artwork has been or Neil's artwork has been reused. Maybe that then comes into uh, 
this game, but actually comes originally from DOD and we're kind of maybe misattributing it. I don't know. Um, I'd love to know the answer to that. Um, um, Bruce says, is there other Swedish RPGs that haven't been made into English? Yes, there are quite a few. Um, Free League, Freer League, as I nearly said then, have a few. If you look on the Swedish version of their website, uh, the Boutique, you'll see a few of the Svava Winter. Um, trying to think what else there is. There's a couple on there, I think. Yes, that was the one I was thinking of, October Landet. And then on uh, Helmgast's website, you've got Eon, Neotech. I really want to see Neotech in English, purely because the artwork is stunning. It's a cyberpunky type game. So yeah, there are a few, and they're probably all freaking awesome. But we're not allowed them, because we're just not cool enough. <laughs> Instead, I, I, we have lots of run-of-the-mill stuff. I see um, quite a lot of people um, asking for translations of October Lander on um, Twitter and because um, that's a collaboration between, I can't remember the name of the person that did it, but um, he well did done. the- Well that was great. He, he, did, he, did the white, <laughs> he did the white hack. Um, oh, okay. And um, it was also with Yuan No doing the layout mm-hmm. um, and both of them respond with, it just wouldn't work in English. Um, yeah, there are a few things like so. that. And it's just like, well, come on, let us let us fail. Just just give us the opportunity to fail, please. Um, but even things like um, we've, if you if you haven't seen it, please go check it out. Um, but uh, God, probably a couple of years ago now, or it feels like that long at least. We played Barkexan, which is um, Yuan Nor and I think Pelinilson as well, um, that are responsible for Morkborg, Merkbori. Um One of their first games is a short. A short publication in Swedish and it's, it's the bark which is basically kind of gothic horror you're you're in the forest and, and it's all going to go horribly wrong we had great fun playing that and and Yoel our uh, token Swedish GM did an amazing job with that um we are getting distracted though as we do uh <laughs> we've talked a little bit about the rules the world is interesting it's a game of fast-paced fantasy adventures. The core game presents a core mythology of the fantasy world focused on the eternal struggle between dragons and demons, the ruin of fallen kingdoms, worshipping either of these rival godlike creatures, beckon brave adventurers with the lure of hidden treasures. Rather than describing entire continents, the core game focuses on the Misty Vale, as uh, Martin mentioned earlier on, a hidden mountain valley until recently overrun by orcs and goblins. In recent years, the orcs have retreated into the mountains, leaving the land open for explorers, settlers, and adventurers of other kin, such as humans, dwarves, elves, halflings, mallards, our favourite duck people, and wolfkin. The land lies open for adventure. So in, in many ways, it is quite derivative, but I don't think that's a bad thing on this occasion, especially as they are planning an open licence for third-party content, which is great because that means that people who have known this product for years, this 40-year history of DoD, will have created their own homebrews over that time, and that could be pulled in if there are any old publications that are now kind of out of license they can be reprinted um particularly if they are self-published i guess um there's so much 
possibility here. Then we also need to remember that they are also planning to make this fully available in Foundry VTT and in Roll20. What do I mean by that? They're going to like translate everything into Swedish as well as having it in English. So it's none of this thing of, oh, there's just a rule set. It's not that. From my, my understanding from talking to Thomas and, okay, yeah, maybe I misunderstood, is that basically all of the stuff is going to be in those in those platforms, which is great. You know, it's going to be one of the kind of the first times that you get pretty much everything in both English and Swedish uh, and a VTT from Free League. And that's so, so cool. As for stretch goals, they've hammered through loads character sheets, uh, adventures, initiative cards, dice set. I, I don't really like the dice very much. They're definitely cheap and cheerful. But let's not forget that the core set of this box is only $37, 400 crowns, which is the same price almost as the retail price for any of the starter sets that you get off the off the shelf. You know, I mean, yes, okay, in retail, they're actually a lot cheaper. But the uh, the reality is it's not a lot of money for a full game in a box these days when you quite easily spend 40 quid on just a book. So love the dice? No, but they're, they're fine. They're like a translucent, uh, transparent or translucent. Uh, I think they're green. Um, I say I think they're green because I'm slightly colorblind, but they look green to me. Um, yeah, lots of adventures. I'm super excited, by the way, by some of the adventure authors. Um, so there are some really important um, talents that are involved in this. We've got Magnus Sitter, who did a bunch of stuff for Cult, including the Gallery of Souls um, that we did, what, last uh, last Halloween. Um, the original version. Was he the original version he did? I believe so. Um, yeah, I think so. He also did the oh, bit yeah. of Reach for Forbidden Lands. Nah, no mm. one likes that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> bit of Reach is amazing. Um, Gabriel DeBoer. Uh, Gunilla Johnson and uh, Mikael Peterson, which for me, I mean, that's that's Holy Grail stuff right there as well. Um, Roger and Dagen, uh, Moa Frithjofsson, uh, think about that for a second. Uh, Santa Langraf, Joran Sjöberg. I mean, the, the, the names just keep coming. That's where we're up to now. So that's like five, six adventures already. More to come. The next stretch goal to unlock is the VTT stuff. Oh, then there's, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, Matthias Lilia. Um, he, he's kind of important in the hobby. Uh, he and Andreas Merklund are, are next up with Island of Mist, which is based on the classic Dumont by Roger and Hagen, which is great. And that's something that I know that many of our uh, patrons are really excited about. Um, that's all the add-ons, uh, pretty much. I, I skipped a couple as cards and battle maps and, um, standees and stuff. So yeah, there's a lot of content. Um, then let's see, go back to the comments. Hilden Lierke says, greetings from Finland. Great to see this game getting a new version with one of my favorite illustrators making art for it about the project with the core set. Already love it. You didn't get the fill. You didn't get the, uh, the, the fill level. We need to fix that. So Martin, do you want to explain what the fill level is? <laughs> the, the fill level is the uh, is the level at which you're the, the highest level at which you're allowed to back. So basically, whatever isn't the retailer level. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. And um, I don't know, if I just reshare my screen, we can just check out 
what the fill level is. So for $75, it's the boxed set, the PDS, yeah. Um, the game master screen, the cloth map, and cloth maps for these games are generally amazing. Um, you probably see over my left shoulder, and I'll make my picture bigger a little bit in a second. Um, but that is a cloth map from the Ruins of Symbrum campaign, and it's gorgeous. Uh, an honourable mention. Um, I think in some cases, for some of us, it might be a dishonorable mention, but but there you go. And obviously all those stretch goals, which we're probably going to put in the box anyway. So I'll just uh, embiggen myself a little bit. That there, you can still see the creases because I didn't get around to just flattening it out and ironing it, which I will probably do at some point. Um, but that's a cloth map of, uh, well, Amber and Davakar, basically. And, and that's not a cloth map. <laughs> um to, uh, I think it's a... Sorry. On. I was just going to say to answer Retro DM Ray's question, uh, yes, there are initiative cards. They were the third stretch goal they were, that were unlocked. So yes. they were very early on. Yeah, yeah which is handy. Um, other pledge levels, the non-fill pledge level, is just a core box set for $37, which is basically half the price. And for that, you get the box set and the PDFs and any of the stretch goals that were going to be in the box anyway. Um, so you're basically paying extra for the cloth map, the GM screen. So if you don't need a map and you don't need the screen, and to be honest with you, I don't tend to play with the screen. So one could argue, and Bruce uh, alluded to this, we could go the fill level and then drop it like fill. I mean, I could be tempted to drop it from the, from the full, the deluxe bundle because I am running out of space for maps on, on the walls, but I don't see that happening. Um, we should very quickly have a little look-see at the, I'm just gonna have to change what I'm sharing, at the actual PDF for the quick start, because I think it's actually important that if you haven't seen it, that you see how awesome it really is. Let me just do that now. So, There we go. For those of you who are who are looking, there's the cover. Um, those of you who are listening, don't worry, we'll read stuff out. So right at the beginning, we have this gorgeous image of this castle, basically on a on an outcrop of rock. And yeah, I mean, it's very, very Johannes in every way. It could be straight out of Vesson, for example, but it's not. It's in this game, and it looks great. And you can see on on the opposing page, it's the uh, the text that I read out earlier. But as you go through, you can really see they've spent a lot of time thinking about the layout. They've applied a lot of lessons learned. It's not super dense text. And they've been very careful to make sure the contrast is there so it's really easy to read. Um, I think the layout is really done well. It does remind me of the layout of uh, Forbidden Lands, actually, in terms of kind of the way that things are put together. But obviously, it's a full color book. Sadly, not a, a hardcover, which is a I shame. Think it's Although Dan Dan Elstrand that's done the layout for this, uh, it um, could well be. He's done a lot of good things. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's a shame that they are not putting this in as as a hardcover. But Thomas intimated that he expects that any add-ons, any not add-ons, but future books like campaign books etc may well be hardcover so it's my deepest desire that when they do that maybe after the maybe the like the 
the second one or something like that. If they could make a version of the rule book, there's also a hardcover that can go on the shelf next to those campaign books. I would personally, I'd really appreciate that. I think it would look better because you kind of don't want to get the rule book out of the box every time you want to read it. You kind of want it next to all the other, well, I want it next to all the other books. Um, there's rules about melee combat, which is pretty straightforward, uh, and range combat, which is equally simple, and your damage and conditions, and the monsters, which are just stunning. The, the artwork is really fun. Um, there's a good section about magic, and we should probably <laughs> just go on. You're giggling. Let me know why. I, I'm just I'm just putting my hand up and not looking because it's the adventure and I, I want to play it at some point. So I'm I'm not looking at it. Oh, uh, you haven't looked at the adventure. Okay, I haven't either. So <laughs> that's fine. But let's just look at the um, the pregens very quickly because I just want to explain how cool this is. So you can play as Chrisanna the Bold, uh, who's a little halfling thief. You can play as Hang on, I need to just go back up a bit. The Archmaster Aiden, who's a wizard element, uh, elementalist, I think. Yes. Um, Orla Moon Silver, the adult elf hunter. She's proper badass. And then you've got the two wild cards here, which I think are just stunning. Um, Makanda of Half Bay, the Mallard Knight. And uh, Baston Bloodjaw, the young wolfkin warrior. What they say about Makanda is amazing. The, the uh, mallard, the duck. You are the youngest son of the Baron of Half Bay, who resides at his seat of power many days travel to the east. Knowing that the title will pass to your older but lesser brother, you searched your soul and decided to forego your own path. You take great pride in your name and honour and accept missions that help the weak and punish the wicked. Now you have joined a company of adventurers drawn by rumours of treasure in the Misty Vale. And... Uh, then there's this thing. Ill-tempered. You're ill-tempered. Willpower points three. So this is uh, one of your uh, abilities, effectively. Mallards tend to have a choleric temper. You can activate this ability when you push a roll and choose angry as a condition. So in this game, a bit like in things like um, Tales from the Loop or anything like this, you, you can take a, a, a condition to push your roll. Um... If you take angry as the duck, you get a boon to the re-roll. Note that pushing rolls is an optional rule. If you have Makanda in the group, you should use this rule. So basically it's saying re-roll whenever you like, but you get angry in the process, which I think is amazing. You just uh, get to get your Donald Duck on, don't you? So. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and then a protector, you know, basically you step in as a bodyguard. And Wolfkin hunting instincts. As a Wolfkin, you use the ability to designate a creature in sight, creature you want to track the scent of. This reminds me very much of the Wolfkin in Forbidden Lands. I think it's great. You've come from the northern wastelands in search of work, joy, and the finer things in life. Tired of your people's tribal feuds, you dreamed of something bigger and travelled south. There you worked as a mercenary, gladiator, caravan escort, and guardsman before banding together with a company of adventurers. You're now on your way to the Misty Vale, enticed by rumours of demons, monsters, and mighty foes. That is great. That is 
I love what they've done with this game. It's so much fun. Uh, <laughs> Andy says the only good duck is crispy. Um, breaking the fourth wall for a second. Uh, I worked away uh, out of the, ha- the house today and we do normally have crispy duck on a Friday and I totally forgot to take it out of the freezer. And yeah, not, not a, a happy household today. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, if you play as a mallard wizard and take mental damage, can you become Daffy Duck? I see no reason why not. Why not? I guess Crispy Duck looks... is just what happens when you come across the dragon as well. It's, uh... Absolutely. Uh, Arts and Artsy says, Macanda looks very arrogant and pissed off. Lol. I agree <laughs> completely. And the map is stunning. Art, uh, art just works perfectly. I love the layout as well. Easy to read. So... Any final thoughts on Dragonbane, Draco Octomona? Back it, you know you want to. <laughs> yeah. Back it. Back I it. Mean, I mean, I've already backed and I'm I'm considering getting uh I've backed for the English one. I'm considering getting an extra box that's a Swedish one. Um because when my girls saw the duck in armor. They were like, I want to play that game. Is that one of your pretend games? Where you pretend, pretend things? No, it's a real game, yeah. damn it. No. <laughs> and I was like, yes. And they're like, can you be a duck with a sword? And I was like, yes. And they're like, I won that game. So that feels like a win. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely feels like a win. Um, anytime as a parent, you, you have your kids asking to play a game with you. You got to take it because, you know, it's, there's a fine and, and, and kind of, from what I understand, so I don't have children, there's kind of a, a small window of opportunity at which point the thing you've been trying to get your kids to, to join in on in terms of tabletop role playing is either or, either is or totally isn't cool. So you have to kind of just sort of get in there at the point where they're volunteering to do it rather than you're trying to push them. So yeah, do it. And for the rest of you, please let us know if you've, if you've packed this, let us know what you're thinking of it. Um, yeah, let us know in the comments. If you're not on our Discord, then come and talk to us. And uh, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying the show. Please hit like and subscribe and all that stuff. And uh, Andy says, don't forget the Andy level, PDF only, because he's probably because Andy can <laughs> pretend he hasn't bought it. <laughs> but actually, you know, um, Andy's got a lot of books. So, you know, to be fair. Ducks one up on D and D. Um, yeah, totally agree. Uh, Venberg says, "Is Martin getting the UL level?" Then, yeah, that's pretty much accurate. So, I believe our um, our friend UL uh, is getting both languages as well. Uh, and final thoughts: When can we have it? We are asked. Soon, August twenty twenty three. Not soon enough, but I would imagine that the beta version of the PDF will be a couple of months out. It's going to be great. That is Dragonbane Draco Octomona. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our little summation of it. We went way over time, but with good reason. It's incredible. It's going to be a lot of fun. And um, the only thing to bear in mind is it's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's Dragons and Demons. It's a different game. It's going to have a lot more uh, deadliness. It's going to be a completely different feeling at the table. If you've never run or played anything other than 5th edition, 
I think it's a great game to start off with. In Sweden, this game was originally sold in bookshops and toy shops, just plain retail in the early 80s, and every kid had a copy. And by kid, we're talking um, young teens and, you know, kind of at the top end of, of sub-teens, I guess. And it was just done. Every family had a copy and everyone loved it. So that's where they're coming from. It's a labour of love from Free League. I think it's going to be great. I really do. We should jump straight from that to this other game that we've been talking about because I, again, can't explain enough how excited I am about Demon Dog by Nightfall Games. So... question i'm going to ask you martin which comes back from the question that we posed in the podcast episode um the first episode of casting without wizards is is there space right now in the tabletop role-playing game hobby for another freaking morkborg merkbori game as far as i'm concerned there is always space (laughs) (laughs) but is it not just more of the same um, that's my question and it's a loaded question i have very strong feelings about this um i would say that it's actually not having read both um from what they've given so far based on the quick start and based on owning merc boy i would say that there is a lot more irreverence and humor in this than there is in the standard muck boy um i would say it's also just about i would say it's a bit more british as well um it's about get it's, it's a, a lot about more getting lagered up and going out and having a laugh and sometimes that ends in violence um and it's just the whole thing moving through the whole thing um just gave me i mean it's been nearly 10 years now that i've lived in sweden and um i I was just getting Mm. flashbacks of being out with my mates on the lash (laughs) and i mean it's it 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 really brought that back to me and it it actually made me feel a little bit homesick um which i haven't really felt that i mean that's great i mean i believe I believe the authors are uh, uh, Scottish, yeah. so and that shows. I mean, in in the the best of ways, um, the kind of synopsis at the oh. beginning of the Kickstarter is just Nightfall Games presents Demon Dog, a punk tale of revenge and redemption. And for me, when I read the quick start, which is eight pages, and get it on Drive Through RPG, they recommend that you pay a quid for it. I think that might be a bit much for eight pages personally. But for me, um, I read the whole thing imagining it was a Danny Dyer. Uh, Danny Dyer? Yeah, Danny Dyer. Actually, I was thinking Guy Ritchie when I said Danny Dyer, like a Guy Ritchie film, um, like Lock Stock or something like that. Because th- some of the things that are uh, that are on there are just proper gangster. I, I, if yeah, that makes any I, sort of I just, sense. I really like it. And, and I just... All, the language they use all the way through the uh, the Kickstarter page, it's it's all kind of in character all the way through. All the updates are like that that you get, yeah. um, like just the just the name of the Quickstart eight page goose about a demon goose. It's just yeah. like 
Yeah. The whole thing yeah. is, uh, uh, yeah. It's ridiculous. I, it. I, I was uh, at lunch today in a cafe reading the, the eight-page quick start on my iPad, you know, supping a cappuccino as you do. And I just kept laughing and I'm, I'm pleased that everyone was doing their own thing because, you know, someone just sitting on their own drinking a coffee and laughing is, is not, um, yeah, um, yeah, Danny Boyle rather than Danny Dyer. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Thank you. Um, it's, um, yeah, it's, I, I must have gotten some funny looks. Demon Dog is a role-playing game set in a medieval history that never was. You play dogs, revenants that were snatched from purgatory by demon barons, seeking redemption and a pint. You're not a hero now, and you weren't one before you lived. Uh, but you're possibly making things better or worse, or at least less boring. Nightfall Games brings it spatter, splatter punk style and dark humour to the fore with this uh, ode to the OSR revival. And there's some great artwork. Basically, there's a, a splash. I presume it's going to be on the back page or something. It basically says, and, and for those who are watching, I'll share my page. Uh, there we go. You died. You made a deal and now you're back. Sure, you had to make a pact with the devil, or at least one of them. But it's worth it for revenge. Stick two fingers up to the zealots, burn their shit down, skewer the taxman, kick the guard in the bollocks. <laughs> I just love it. <laughs> I just love it. I mean, it would be better with like a Glasgow accent, not, to be honest I, with you. I'm not going to on your grave, but I can't do that. do that. Um, no, no. We need to get someone to come in to just, just do the... the um, voiceover for us but the style is great it's it's very much a meld uh melding of that, that punk style as you can see here and the you know the the moldborg style itself I'm, 80 I think pages it suits them really well because um I, I i don't have the new edition of slay which they also made but i do remember vividly no um the original version and the art, the art style of what I've seen of the new version is quite similar, but I think it suits this. Like, I think you can see that, that DNA kind of running through this as well. Although they've gone for that kind of boy style, they've also got their own um, DNA in there. And I just, the, the whole thing is just, I've backed and I upped my pledge to the, to the both of the books today, yeah. because I was just like, they they deserve I, it. I'm not going to pretend that I did that, but I totally did that. <laughs> I, it actually made me look <laughs> and, at And I'm like, do I really want to? Well, so. Yeah, my problem, I have looked at Slay. I actually, this this is one of those ones that Bruce was alluding to earlier on where I backed it. I backed it quite high level, not at, not actually yeah. at the field level. Then I got hold of the quick start and it is super crunchy. Mm. And I'd love to play it, but I ain't got time to right. run that game. I haven't got capacity in my brain. Um, actually, on our Discord, not as a comment on um, uh, our show, so I can't bring it up on the screen, but but our friend Krista says, so the fill level pledge is the highest non-retail level with a side of a ton of add-ons, or is that the Joel level? I'm confused. So as far as I'm concerned, I'll explain this very quickly. As far as I'm concerned... If the if the top retail, oh sorry, the top pledge level below retail 
has all the add-ons in, then they've got that pledge level right. A good example of this is the Old Gods of Appalachia pledge uh, level, uh, kind of the top level for that. I don't think there was much. There's like one or two items which were clearly kind of afterthoughts that were going to take you way over the production kind of, or the, you know, the financially viable threshold. But that pledge level basically had almost everything in it. If the top level doesn't have at least most of the add-ons in it, then they've <laughs> fucked up. It's my opinion. Does not get the fill seal yeah, because of approval. You, no, it doesn't. It, it's my squeal <laughs> of disapproval. Um, because ultimately, if you're a collector, and I, I, you know, I must admit, I, I can't really deny that I'm a collector because, like, you know, we all know that I've only read probably about a quarter of these, maybe a bit more. Um, but technically, I'll, I'll come back to this, actually. Um, but I think if you uh, are wanting to get everything, then they should they should recognize that, that you're expecting to buy everything and just make a level that just, just has everything and subsidizes it a little bit. Just, just, just do it. It's going to make things much easier because you then only have one skew to deal with you uh, publishers but here's my quick question and um, this is way off topic i really apologize um, but uh let me just there for those people who are watching I, and for those who aren't i'm pointing at my the genesis books um of which i've got four different versions of the core rules in different covers because i'm a freaking idiot it was going in order to claim that i've so it was going out of print, so it was definitely value for money. Um, but my question is, do I have to read each of those books individually in order for it to class as I've read to Genesis? <laughs> do I have to read everything four times to, to justify like it? too much hard work. <laughs> Bruce says, crunchy porridge system equals slay. Yeah, that was my issue. Um, reluctant artsy. I have multiple. Brilliant. Enjoy it. Find it hard to read. The eight page pdf is brilliant my old eyes are burning looking at it now i agree with you the beauty of mortborg is that you don't really need to read any of the book really because unless you're doing manual character creation almost everything you need is in those back two pages i mean there are a couple of things rituals however they're called in in mortborg where you know your magical stuff kind of isn't there you need to go digging in the book for it. But everything else, you can basically do off those, the inside back cover and the inside front cover. Everything else is fluff because the game is super simple. Once you kind of get your head around that and that everything else is just there to be an amazing, beautiful book, you can kind of disregard the persistent migraine that you will get just from thinking about the Miltborg book. And it's the same, I suspect, with Vast Grimm with uh death in space which i do have but i haven't cracked that open yet because i've not had it very long and it will be similar with this although to be honest with you i found the quick start much much more legible they haven't quite taken all the rules that, that johan nor applied of like not using the same font more than once in any given word um, one thing I would say to yeah. anybody that struggles with uh, Boy, um they released a bare bones edition. Search that on the internet, and it it's just it's just plain text. You can get it all plain text. Yeah, I mean it's it's really dull. Yeah, but but it's totally you, accessible. If you struggle, because I, I don't um, 
I don't I don't struggle at all with Muckboy. Um I I like no. I, I find it actually quite easy to follow. Uh, but I appreciate that some people really do. So search for the bare bones edition and it's got everything you need. Yeah. And of course, because it's basically plain text, it's super easy to throw at something mm-hmm. like a Kindle, which is even better. So um, if you're a Kindle fan rather than an iPad fan, it's one of the few role-playing game books that you can easily read on a Kindle. Going back to Demon Dog, there are a bunch of different pleasure levels. I'm not super keen on the dice that they're including. It's just cheap as chips dice. I know that's what they're going for because it's yeah. punk in it so there they're being no nonsense uh, about it but i kind of wish that they were doing something i like fancy. the d3 um that they have yeah i still prefer the impact yeah. dice uh d3 that you get for dcc um, yeah dcc and the d4 the, the dcc d4 is my favorite d4 oh yeah um, yeah mm. It's just nice. It's like a pyramid. It's great. Um, but yeah, I had originally backed at the standard £26 level, which just gets you the standard cover on the justification that I failed to get Mercbori at the super cool uh, limited edition level. I'd backed it. I pulled it because I was, I think, between jobs at the time and I just had to be sensible. And I've regretted that forevermore. And let's face it, the Demon Dog Standard Edition will look better than the Special Edition next to a standard version of Mercury. But like you, I was looking at it today when I finally read that eight-page PDF and I was like, okay, let's, let's just have another look because I've just spent the last 20 minutes laughing at myself. I mean laughing at a book by myself in a crowded place <laughs> laughing at myself is something i do for way longer than 20 minutes every day everyone <laughs> and i'm just like okay so i actually do quite like the special edition cover i think it's very cool and then you realize that it's basically 20 quid more to to get the the uh the standard edition and I think it's it's going to be one where you, you leave the special edition on the shelf because it's gorgeous and you just use the standard edition on the table. Or as a GM, you use the, the limited edition and then you let your uh, COVID-laden friends more and pour at the, uh, um, at the standard edition, knowing full well that, that they're all demon dogs themselves. Um, it's great. So in terms of stretch goals, uh, where are we at? So we've got the, oh, this is really hard to follow. They're going to deliver the book because it's funded. Um, I'm not quite sure what big Nigel dragon I, is. I think it's a, I think it's a I monster that's going to come in and uh, mess I you up. I think so as well. Big Nigel, the sodden great dragon flapping into the RPG. I think you're right. More murder weapons, pig marsh. So it's obviously a location. And then we've got the goose and Serenox, the hell goose, the greatest evil of all time shall wall the lands. And then there's <laughs> honk. Yeah, exactly. And then you've got extra die, new map art, new art. I mean, that will all happen if they, if they get there. And I really hope that they get some more backers. It's doing okay. $11,791 or just over 10 grand in, in British money. 300 backers. Hopefully that'll, that'll go up. It deserves to, in my opinion. Why do I think that? Well, let's have a little look for those of you who are uh, kind enough to join us uh, live on on the stream or who, who are watching, um, but we'll do our best to describe for those who are not. Uh, 
if I just stop that and share over to the PDF. Let's have a little look-see. I'm going to try and go very quickly past any um, scenario content because there is a little scenario at the back. I'd love to run that for, for some of us on the channel. I think it's just great. You died. It was sad. Get over it. No one else cared. You don't remember much of your life in this world, but you know you're angry about it. You start your new life with two things. You have a uh, goal, some unfinished business in the real world, and you have a task. The Baron's bidding, a debt to pay for your return. If you can achieve both these goals, you're free of all of your binds. You can leave this world or return to it clean. You used to be human, but there's not as much of that left as you'd like. You look mostly human, but it's obvious you're one of the dogs, a revenant on a demon's mission. Your silver spends just as well in the tavern, even if nobody joins you at your table. You can die like anyone. You need to eat, drink, and sleep. But you're not just anyone. Trouble follows you, and when it doesn't, you might start it. Your money might be welcome in these trying times, but you're not, really. So drink up, be on your way. We know what your kind are like. And then we've got make a dog. How you lived, how you died. You roll a sin. I'm going to read at least one of these sins out because they're awesome. Uh, dog is born. Um, and there's a load of tables that you would have if this was the full version, but this is an eight page quick start. So they tell you to go to hell. Um, dog is marked. It's your baron's mark what you've got, your equipment, your abilities, how you die, etc. So, Martin, do you happen to have an imaginary die to hand? Can you roll me an imaginary D6? Oh, Just pick four. a number, any number. All right. Graveyard scum. Look, bastard's dead. Nobody had, had to know. I needed that pewter ring way more than him. Plus, I put another bloke in there just to keep him company. What's the fucking problem? Turns out I whistled while I worked and the constabulary heard me. Looks like I'm heading back to the graveyard on a permanent basis. So basically, my understanding is that's how you died or the, what caused you to, to be killed. There's another one. Uh, there we go. Let's go for the impulsive turncoat. Got sick of marching across rain-sodden fields to fight some bus that I don't know. And getting uh, bossed around by that Ponzi git on his horse got bad drunk that one night in Myerton put a broken elbow through his fucking eye I fled for eight days before they finally pulled me down bastards <laughs> oh by the way content warning we're probably going to swear him. <laughs> I think they, those usually come first oh, well. but uh... Uh, yeah I know I know but uh, we've, we've never said uh, this is for children so <laughs> I, I just really like it and that's demon dog is great. It's very, I very fun. I really like as well that that bit where it says um, the demon barons. There's, there is actually, if you want to get into the bones of it, there is like a, a this this backstory of this kind of um, internecine war yes. that's going on between the barons and you're their representatives, and it's like it's like there is yes. something there. It's not just an excuse to get leathered and hurt people. Um, yeah. You can t totally make like a proper proper story out of it, like you can with Mercbori, to be honest with you, although I have found that relatively incomprehensible. Just I couldn't quite wrap my head around all that, the, the story with the basilisk, etc. But I think this is, for me, as someone who grew up in the UK especially, I find this really accessible. Um, 
Andy says, I thought a demon dog was a type of spicy hot dog. Could be. Could be. Maybe that's one of the backgrounds in the uh, full book. <laughs> spicy hot dog. Maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in terms of the system, it's basically Merkbori or Morkborg. So um, you roll 3d6 for your stats. There are four core stats. Two of them you're a bit better at, so you get to roll 4d6 and discard the lowest values. And they're going to be represent your agility, your presence, your strength, and your toughness. And it's player-facing, I believe, as well. So basically, um, if it's taking the the Morkborg rules, you, you basically roll yeah, to attack. It's just the defend. standard rules. They've just, um, they, they've just taken that, yeah. as far as I can see. Which <laughs> I really like. I really like player-facing, as I said before. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. And that's kind of all you need to know for the most part. The setting, is, as we've discussed, is, is superb. And in terms of the pledge levels, it's relatively inexpensive, really. 12 quid for the PDF, £26 for the standard core book, uh, and a 20% discount for Mercbori Products Free League website, which is kind of handy if for some reason you don't already have everything that they've got. I mean, I think we've probably most of us have got everything that, that they sell for, for Mobile because there's not a lot on there. But you've got things like Heretic and stuff as well. So the kind of the expansion add-ons. 38 quid gets you the punk edition, that um really cool uh special edition version with the uh, um with the punk on the front, oddly enough. Um, in fact I'll just reshare uh to discuss that one. Uh share screen. There we go. So for those of you looking, the, the punk cover is really nice. Um, but you also get the dice set at that punk level as well, which I don't think you get at the standard level. So an extra 12 quid gets you that special edition cover and some dice. Definitely not, you know, 12 quid's worth of dice, but that's not the point. And then 58 quid gets you both editions. So one for you and one for the table and the book uh, and the dice and the 20% discount code. I think it's really cool. I really like it a lot. And if you are also inclined, you should check it out. There's not long left. I think just over a week, 12 days to go. 12 days at time of recording. Ah, we made it. What a bit of a whirlwind. What, what do you all think? What have you backed? Uh, I did see, in fact, and I'm very, very sorry. I'm not sorry at all. The Venberg said, crap, you made me back Demon Dog. Even worse for, for you. Yeah, even worse for you folks in Sweden, because um, I guess they haven't quite worked out what they're doing with shipping. But I, I, I guess Free League have probably got it better than most. And they'll use Free League for distro on this, I think, judging by the fact that we've got... Um, a discount against the the free league boutique so hopefully by now they've got things like uh shipping and uh taxes etc sorted out for uh continental europe is the best way to put it i know they ship out of like germany and stuff as well now so maybe it's a, a I little think bit they better. might actually be using someone else for their shipping um uh gms hobby games logistics in the uk and last last mile oh, okay. logistics. I, I don't think, even though they're getting that twenty percent discount, I don't think they've gone for the free league hmm. workshop. Like I don't think they're being published. No, by they've them. just 
they just okay. Well, that's that's an interesting decision mm. to make. Um, I had presumed that they were doing that, but yeah, if they're not using free league for the logistics, they probably aren't using them for for anything else either in terms of you know production. I don't know if free league offer that keep the to non-Swedish um, producers. Uh, the, the free league workshop. Uh, maybe I think it might be a Sweden. Maybe thing, I think just yeah, it's probably just easy mm. to do it that way. Um, oh yeah, but the, like Wenberg says, shipping is free for UK and US. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we need some concessions for, for leaving the the yeah. sensible, you know, European Union. Um, yeah, on that bombshell, we yes. should probably wrap up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much everyone for watching i hope you enjoyed the show please let us know in in the comments if you've backed it what your thoughts are join us on the discord if you're watching on uh youtube then the link is down below um if you enjoy the show please hit like please subscribe all that other stuff um hopefully we'll be back next week i've got no idea what we're going to talk about next week we'll, we'll sort something out or we'll, we'll you know we'll, we'll see you and um yeah, I think that's it. So thank you, Martin. It's been a long time and uh, I'm really pleased to have you back on the show. Um, it's been fun. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, yeah, come and talk to us on Discord. We'll hang out. And uh, until that time, I hope that your dice rolls are way, way better than mine. Take care, everyone. Thank you. <laughs>